What I wanted to do was discuss ideas. Um, I kind of study philosophy at university. Podcasts is a great way to do that. I certainly, you know, I love guests that come on who are quite intelligent. And it has been a matter of discipline. I mean, these are areas that to facilitate the conversation properly, I had to go out and learn. You do have to have a good understanding uh, to ask the right questions. That's what makes, you know, journalists like um, Andrew Denton stand out. You know, they're the kind of people that they read the book instead of reading the last 50 pages. Welcome to episode 139 of Be The Drop, a weekly interview podcast sharing stories from people who inspire and motivate others to help you learn how to tell your story. I'm Amelia Veal, Director at Narrative Marketing and firm believer in the superpower of storytelling. On-demand content is now the preferred option for many consumers. Like Netflix is slowly strangling free-to-air TV, podcasts are taking over the space previously controlled by the commercial radio market. The difference? Podcasts as on-demand content allow listeners to choose when, where and what they listen to. Tim Whiffen is a producer for the Ozcast Network and the co-host of three podcasts, Blind Insights, That Wall Street Guy and Strategicon. After learning interviewing skills through a media degree combined with five years of radio work, Tim has a passion for sharing knowledge and discussing ideas. In today's episode of Be The Drop, Tim shares his podcast experiences from how to distribute podcasts to predictions of where the platform is going, as well as the qualities required for making good podcast content. This is Tim's version of Be The Drop. Considering starting your own podcast? At Narrative Marketing, we deliver a full range of podcast production options. Or if you'd like help getting started to produce your own content, I also deliver podcast training programs. Hit the link in the show notes for more. Thank you, Tim, for joining me on our next episode of Be The Drop. Oh, thank you, Amelia. It's nice to be here. Well, it's good. We have actually shared the microphones before at Pop Your Podcast Cherry, but I'm excited to have you here for a full episode. And we're going to be talking, surprisingly, about podcasting, but also hearing a little bit about your journey and what's Mm. got you into podcasting. Yeah. Um, And I'd love to hear, you know, some of your experiences along the way. But before we jump into that, you've got your item of significance, and that's something that connects you with your community and the stories you're telling today. Sure. So I, um, I have brought these headphones, which are six years old. I use these headphones to compose quite a lot of music and listen to myself playing a lot of music and then kind of realize that there's only three jobs in music and, you know, one's teaching, uh, one's military and the other one's Maccas. Um, So didn't end up going down that path. I quite liked history. So I thought radio was quite a good mixture of music and talking about ideas, which is kind of what I liked about history. Pursued radio for quite a while, slowly started discovering it's there's less and less opportunities every day to do that. Um, and podcasting was just the perfect way to keep discussing ideas with people. So the headphones have come through with me on that journey. So yeah, they're, they're quite weathered. 
Yeah, they definitely look like a well-loved pair of <laughs> headphones. Yeah. Which is great, you know, and I really like that you've painted that journey for us, starting from music and coming around into podcasting. Are you still doing your music as well? Um, I'm certainly a car karaoke fan, if that. <laughs> <laughs> and music is something for life, you know, even yeah, if you come back to that later. That's true. You mentioned there the transition between from radio to podcasting, mm. thinking radio was going to be offering something and then realizing potentially that there's limitation there. And I 100% agree, you know, Netflix has, has done a similar thing to television. Mm. You know, people like on demand and they want to be able to watch and listen what they want, when they want, where they want. And yeah. podcast provides that medium for audio. That's certainly my opinion. But let's hear about your experience of that. Sure. Um, I started in community radio, which I would encourage anyone to do. And it might be something that I come back to if it still exists in my old age. It's just an opportunity that you can actually do anything that you want in the radio space. You could talk about music if you wanted to or... Um, I had sketch comedy on radio, which was quite fun. We don't get a lot of that um, as much as, you know, we used to radio plays, all of those kinds of things. Uh, so I was, I was in that space for about four years and I was using it obviously as a platform to get into professional radio, but I still don't see a path to that point. Um, getting into the ABC, you kind of have to have a journalism background and I don't particularly want a newsread. Uh, and so I kind of looked into the commercial space, but almost everything that you hear on a on commercial radio stations are in some ways ads for other things so yeah just did not find a, a creative space in there um, what I wanted to do was discuss ideas um, I kind of brought up my history and English background and I, I liked those subjects going through school I study philosophy at university I like talking about ideas podcast is a great way to do that I certainly you know I love this podcast I'm sure your listeners enjoy the same thing where you have guests that come on who are quite intelligent, have interesting stories to tell stories, and they can get something out of that. Mm. And for, see, for you, you use the words ideas where I use the word stories. And yeah. realistically, I think it comes down to similar sorts of things. Mm. It's about knowledge share. Yeah. You know, and it's really around, you know, people have different sets of knowledges and, and different sets of experiences. Mm. And we can all learn from that. Definitely. So, and yes, I agree. Podcasting has definitely been that platform for me. So then how did you make that transition from radio to podcasts? Well, was it, or was it quite simple? It was, it was quite simple. I have to give a shout out to Andy Martin, who you've had on the show before with yes. Liam Carter. So I was working at Nova at the time when I met Andy, um, who has a, a podcast network. Now that's mostly dominated by... Comedy. It's called the Ozcast Network. Yes. The information transfer, I think, that I have in the shows that I now produce for their network, uh, they're kind of designed as educational shows. Mm. So tell us then about the three shows that you're involved in. Well. And they're quite different, aren't they? They are. This is this is part of that. My, my journey is that I want to talk to people who are a lot smarter than me and then finding people that are smart in different areas is... Um, always fun. I don't want to be producing the same content over and over again. So the, the first person I came into contact with uh, was Paul Atherton. And together we formed a show that was based on financial advice and financial education for particularly young people. Now, it turns out not a lot of young people actually like to listen to uh, financial advice or financial education. Um, but it's really hard to hit that market with, with something I think maybe so dry. 
I also came into contact with a gentleman by the gentleman by the name of David Olney, who is blind. I just found him so interesting. I just wanted to make a podcast with him, and he was someone who enjoyed that platform, having audiobooks and podcasts. Uh, what he engages with mm. entertainment. Um, so he he loved that idea, and we have a podcast called Blind Insights, and again that has that teacher and student kind of dynamic where. I can ask some questions and he very often has very intelligent answers um, and we can discuss, again, ideas. You know, he's pretty good with stories, but he is, if anything, a collection or a database of stories. He'll be able to point you to the right book that will tell you the story about the idea we're discussing. Mm. And then through David, I came into contact with uh, Dr. John Bruni, which is the last podcast I've picked up, and that's uh, Strategicon. Um, and that's all based on defense and security um, international relations, I suppose. We discuss things like Brexit and Venezuela, just the ongoing kind of conflicts and tensions there. So you really have managed to achieve, you know, a cross-section of some very broad and different topics and, and concepts to learn about. So, and it's interesting you mentioned that you really come at this from a production side. Mm. It, why is that? Is that because, you know, that suits your personality better or was it more because there's a, a bigger need for that? I would say possibly in a similar case to yourself, the demand to listen to podcasts is growing, but the demand for people to make podcasts is growing. And a lot of people who are interested in making a podcast don't necessarily have the technical skills to do it. And I came obviously from the music background and I've had a passion for audio for a while. And so if there's a demand for people to make podcasts, if I can facilitate that, then that's the kind of market I want to hit. Hmm. And in this experience along those three podcasts, you know, what are the big challenges that stand out in podcasting? And you mentioned finding, hitting the right audience with mm. the Wall Street guy. Mm. What, you know, what are, what are some of those challenges for people who are thinking they, they might want to go down this path? It has been a matter of discipline. I mean, these are areas that I, to facilitate the conversation properly, I had to go out and learn. Um, and so there was a bit of discipline in kind of getting myself motivated to do some self-directed learning before that I could ask them any questions. So it's interesting. So what you're talking about there is really the interviewing skills. Definitely. Uh, which I, I think is really important to, to sort of pause on because, you know, people think, oh, I can talk <laughs> so I can ask a question, so yeah. therefore can interview. Yeah. But in my experience, it's not exactly how it plays out. Not at all. Yeah, you do have to do some research. You and I have a, a we already have an existing relationship. So in, in some sense, you've been preparing for this interview for some matter of months, but you do have to have a good understanding uh, to ask the right questions. That's what makes, you know, journalists like um, Andrew Denton stand out, people like that. You know, they're the kind of people that they read the book instead of reading the last 50 pages. And the thing that I find in an in interview, and, and you're right, it's a lot easier interviewing someone like yourself because we already have a pre-existing relationship, but it's also it's the listening and thinking, mm. you know, so you're talking, answering a question, and I have to be concentrating and listening to what you're saying so that I can also, and at the same time, be thinking about how I'm going to use that to ask the next question. I think for me, that's the biggest challenge. And if I find if I do multiple interviews in a day, I'm quite exhausted. Like it's this, it's a use of the, your brain that I don't think we do that often. We, maybe it's not a lot of active listening, but more than that, active listening to then follow on and keep a conversation going. Absolutely. It, it's the same for the audience. 
for them to enjoy the content, it, it is actually mentally straining. Sometimes these conversations aren't all that casual, and so you really have to properly engage with it. Hmm. Um, and then you can get quite a lot out of it. The, you know, the, the more you concentrate on it, the more you get out of it. So I guess, yeah, having having the discipline to not let your mind fall off into a different area is, yeah, it's it's hard. Mm. And also the discipline because, you know, one of the things with podcasts is that they work well if they've got regularly released content. Definitely. So, and that is a challenge, you know, you're familiar with my saying of not trying to chase Mondays because yeah. Monday is our release day and it just, it, you know, every week it bloody keeps on rolling around. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't figured out a way to miss a Monday, you know, without missing an episode. You're, you're much, uh, you're much better at that than I am. I always try and release on a Friday and sometimes they end up coming out middle of Sunday. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether it's just sheer stubbornness, but you know, um, yeah. So there, and there is evidence that says that, but for me, that's a lot, you know, there's a lot of commitment mm. in that. And I think that's one of the things that potentially gets underestimated. Mm. I read some statistic and I don't know exactly where I read it. So it's terrible to quote, but it was something very high, like around 90% of podcasts, you know, that are, that are released only have up to 10 episodes. And then, and then yeah. it's, it's you know, pod fade. for yeah. some reason it's this 10 episode thing. What is it that you think, you know, is sort of some of those things that stop these podcasts from, from going? Commitment and effort can often drop off. I think that's probably one of the bigger reasons that podcasts fade, as they say. Another reason is maybe you're not hitting the right audience. It takes a while to um, earn any money or kind of make a real impact. I think they say it's you know 50 episodes or something like that before you start getting a real, real audience. I think the funnest part about a podcast for most people is coming up with the idea and recording a few episodes and then maybe people get bored. So maybe that's where having someone to come and help you do your podcast uh, can come in because... You can just do all the fun bits. <laughs> mm. Mm. And I think it is, you've got to really from, from the onset have an idea, you know, I think you have to have that strategy and you have to really not have your plan. Mm. So for you then, how do you go through distribution with your podcast and what are some of the key things that you've learnt to try and increase distribution or listenership? What I'm increasingly learning is I need to really burn up some social capital a little bit more. I have friends that know that I make podcasts but have never listened to them. And if I make them listen to them, they'll come back to me and be like, "Wow, like how have I never listened to this before? It's, you know, these are these are great. These are really entertaining." And they will subscribe to at least one of them. That is quite a, a natural way, I suppose, of it of of it growing. The distribution is sort of handled for me just through the Ozcast network. So, we go through a platform called Omni. So that makes all of that side, very easy, you know, upload the audio, put a description in, whatever, distributes all out to Spotify and iTunes. And the biggest thing is just letting people know that it's there because it's kind of hard. Like the content I want to listen to, you can't kind of just search up and be like, oh, I want to listen to ideas. What is, what is your top prediction? <laughs> what do you think will change or, you know, where will the growth be or what's what's happening? I think the, the passive advertising which is ads that have nothing to do with the content that's definitely going to die i think even the direct advertising which is going to be um you know your sponsors specific sponsors to the show that'll probably stick with us for a little longer but eventually it'll die what will happen i i think will be more branded content so you're going to have the woolworths supermarket podcast you know whatever it is 
companies are going to look more for culture creation, how their brand can fit into your lifestyle and the culture of whatever country that they're in. A podcast is a great way to kind of create culture. If you look at the conscious capitalism movement in America, which is, you know, brands like um, Whole Foods Market, Costco even, they spend money on just on advertising their brand instead of their sales. And so if you can fit your brand into a culture, a way of living, um, that is how you're going to end up moving product, I think, mm. yeah. Yeah, I definitely I think that will grow. The interesting thing is, and it comes back to your point previously, that podcast audience take, is slow growing mm. and that, you know, it might take 50 episodes. So from a marketing budget perspective and, and a return on investment conversation, yeah. which, you know, anyone managing a market budget has always got to report to somebody else yeah. and has always got to give stats and ROI figures. You know, I've been, been in those roles myself. Um, you know, in, in my marketing background. And so that that conversation around podcasting is a challenging one because mm. it takes that period of time to build the momentum and to grow those that data. But I think eventually there'll come an understanding that, that the value is beyond just the, the straightforward numbers and yeah. it's a time thing. That's the pity about the numbers, isn't it? It's like you can talk about cost per impression all day long, but does is the impression going to end in a sale yes and there's a you know a, a facebook impression to me is nowhere near as valuable as a listener to my podcast exactly because the 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 listener to my podcast has proactively sought out and you know downloaded listening you know or however they've accessed my episode but they've mm. proactively gone and done that whereas on facebook they can be scrolling past and somebody might be talking to them at the time that they scrolled past so they pause on that image longer, not that they're actually looking at it, but that counts as an impression Yeah. because they, their scroll was slower yes. and it might just be that their two-year-old was screaming at them. I don't know, <laughs> using my own experience. but well, Yeah, this is it. I mean, this is, you know, for instance, that Wall Street guy, which is you know, finance, I can't see any reason why Westpac, for instance, couldn't be doing that kind of find it i mean probably would be not in their interest to tell them to tell consumers to not get in debt but mm. you know i can't see any reason why westpac can't have a well, financial ANZ education have a podcast that okay, i think yeah. the financial podcast is yeah. really good yeah exactly uh, and really i think good. that's the that's my prediction anyway i think we're going to see more of that mm. yeah yeah and there yes and there like i mean there are a few companies that have tried it uh, I won't name one because oh. it was terrible. But anyway, Chris and I laugh about it. But the <laughs> ANZ one is, is a good it's one. good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Be the drop is based on my favorite saying, which is a waterfall begins with one drop and look yeah. what comes from there. So it's really about collectiveness and how we can achieve greater things together, but driven by that one central focus. Absolutely. So do you have a quote or anything that really resonates strongly with you? Yeah, um, I think we've talked a little bit about it today. I apply it to every area of my life, not just my professional one. Uh, but, you know, I, I really want people to think deeply about that. Um, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And discipline is often uh, about doing things that you don't want to do. Uh, discipline is something that I, I think about every day, you know. Um, I have lots of little practices. I have cold showers. You know, I have restricted eating periods. Um, try and keep physically fit, and I try and apply that to my my professional life as well. So discipline is the bridge between goals and success. Mm. Well, Tim, thank you so much for joining me. 
In conclusion, though, have mm. you got a be the drop tip that you mm. can share with us? And that's, you know, how to be the, the communicator with influence, how to be that drop, how to really motivate and inspire others. I'm someone who likes self-improvement a lot. And, and again, I, I don't consider myself as someone who's particularly book smart or, you know, academic. But I know that there are a lot of people in this world that you can learn from listening to or talking to people that are experts in an area or just have good ideas is what has given me the tenacity or um, effectively given me the mindset that I'm in now. So I guess my tip would be find some inspiring people because inspiration is, is where all of those qualities that we can have in business and in life start from. It's someone that shows you the way. Mm, I like that. The, the concept of Asking questions and listen to learn mm. is a really important one. Because I think sometimes we ask questions, but we're not actually listening to learn. We're yeah. not really listening. So <laughs> yeah. I think that because it's being open to new ideas and Definitely. new perspectives yeah. and trying that lens on, which, yes. is, which is really fun. And sometimes you go, no, that lens is not for me. Here, have it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tim. No, thank you. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. <laughs>